Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. Enjoy. Well, again, we're going to start on our series this morning, and this is what I want to pass on to you. For the next few weeks, I want us all to go on a journey to discover what it is to biblically live the blessed life. And I, you can count on me for one thing for sure every year here in our church. I will speak on this particular series at least once a year because this is the key, this is the secret, if you will, to living a blessed life as a believer. This here, you have to listen to this. You have to hear this. And for those of you that may not be here next week or the next couple of weeks, I have all my sermons on SoundCloud.com. All you got to do is type in Pastor Rick Mendez and you will find my sermon. So you will hear the rest of this series. But this is the key to grasping how to bless your life, how God can bless your life. How many want to be blessed this morning? That's all of us. Every single one of us. Amen. So if you've been to church for any length of time, how many, how many believers here over 30 years? Raise your hand. Okay. Over 20 years, raise your hand. Okay, 10 years. Well, we all know most of you here have been believers and some new to the faith. But if you've been in church for any length of time, you've heard the term blessings to you. God bless you. May the Lord bless you and terms like that. But what does that mean, right? What does that mean? And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. And through this... This is on your outline here, but this is the gist of what I want to express this morning. I want you to know that the enemy of your soul, everybody say enemy, Enemy. would do anything to keep you from discovering God's principles governing financial stewardship, giving, and blessings. Because once you do, it will transform your life for the better. It will change every area of your life. I'm talking to singles, marrieds here. It doesn't matter what age group you're in. It'll, it'll change every area of your life. Marriage, family, health, and relationships. But it will also do more than that. It will impact the kingdom of God around you. Amen? Amen. So here's the question. What does it mean to say, I am blessed? I am blessed. Well, this is the answer right here. It simply means to have God's favor in our lives. God's favor. See, this whole series that I'm talking about here, beginning today, it's like this. If this is you as a believer, wherever you walk, there is favor being poured out upon you. If you walk this way, the favor is being poured out upon you. If you walk this way, the favor is being poured out upon you. It doesn't matter where you would walk as a believer, the favor is being poured out. Now, I know, and you know, that not everybody walks in that favor. Not everybody listens and obeys the Word of God. And it starts with generosity, and we're going to talk about that, about the heart. And those are key elements in living a victorious Christian life. How many know that this morning? Amen? Here's, the, here's the, what the Bible says. The opposite of being blessed is to be selfish, right? We know that generosity doesn't come naturally for most people. What's the first word that little kids learn? You know, I saw a little newborn, a month old here this morning. Precious little baby, beautiful baby. 
But what's the, one of the first words that child will probably learn is mine, mine, me, right? But mine. Typically, you get little kids around other little kids, and at some point, that child will begin to say, mine, mine. That's natural. That's a natural instinct in every one of us. I don't care who you are. Maybe even today, you might leave here today and you might look at your spouse and, hey, those are my fries. Don't touch them. Those are my fries. And that might be you today. But that's a natural instinct we have. We have to be taught to be generous. It doesn't come naturally. So again, we're all natural born takers. And that's why you can look out in the world today. The world is all about me, 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 as we just heard. It's about climbing over you, stepping on you. You know, we talk about the corporate ladder, right? People rising above. There's people stepping on you, knocking you down so they can advance, right? How many have seen that in their life, right? We all have at different points and different times. That's the selfishness of the world. Yes. When we enter this world, we enter with a fallen sin nature. That's why we become or we're selfish at our core. We're selfish. It's a tendency towards selfishness. And uh, in contrast, here's the great truth that the Bible teaches us. God is a giver. What does John 3.16, the most well-known quoted verse in the entire Bible say? That God what? He gave. He gave His only begotten Son. He gave. And that sets the tone right there for you and I that we're to be givers. We don't need to go to the cross because Jesus took care of that. But we do need to become givers. Givers. And that's not always easy, is it? It's not always easy. And definitely, if you don't have the Spirit of God flowing in your life, it can become very, very difficult to do that. So here again, God is generous beyond our belief. And the opposite of that is that Satan is selfish. Our enemy is selfish. At the root, it's all about me, right? That's what got Lucifer kicked out of heaven, is the selfishness that he had. And if we're left up to our own attitudes, our own devices, the Bible says, we're selfish at our core. We don't care. We don't want to help other people because it's not natural to us. Here's an easy way to remember this. God, G, is generous. Satan, S, is selfish. You know, it's very simple. And, and a lot of times, if you're not careful, you'll leave today, and you and your spouse might get into a little disagreement, and at the root of it, you know what it is? It's just selfishness. Yeah. It's selfishness. That's typically 90% of most, most arguments between marital couples is selfishness at the root. And if we could learn to be generous, be, uh, be a little bit submissive, to one another, we would fly through life. We really would. And, and of course, with God's help. Amen. Now, one of, one of the ways we learn to be blessed is to become grateful. How many are grateful here today? Yeah. How many are thankful today that you were able to walk out of bed today, that you were able to get in a car? How many drove today? You had a vehicle to get here? Are you thankful for that or you just take that for granted? For having a roof over your head today? For having clothes, not only that you're wearing today, but maybe in a closet somewhere? Or like my wife, she said she's happy when she has many shoes. It's like, you know, I don't know. I think a lot of women can relate to that, huh, man? Right? Right? 
But the point is, we should all be thankful. We should all be grateful for what we have today. You know, I, I say this, I've mentioned it here before. I, I have a friend went to high school with. He's right now on the streets of Vallejo, all strung out on, on drugs, and he's never been able to break that habit. And we saw him two weeks ago, and I saw him pushing his cart, and I, everybody has helped him. I've helped him. We've taken him into the house. He got cleaned up one time for a period of three months. And this man is now in his 50s. And to see him and to know that there's no future there, there's no future, and I saw him, it just broke my heart, because he, it was the worst I've ever seen him. I've never seen him looking like he looked at that point. By the time we were able to turn around and go back, we, we couldn't find, I didn't see him, I didn't know where he went to, but how many know that by the grace of God, that could be us right there? Amen. By the grace of God, right. that could be any one of us here today. So again... We need to be grateful for what we have. Don't take things for granted. Amen? Amen. A grateful heart is what produces generosity when we allow the Lord to remind each of us of what He has delivered us from. Amen? Has He delivered you from something today? Has the Lord delivered you from something? As such, all our giving is a reflection of how we see God. Now, this morning, I don't want you to get me wrong. I'm not just talking finances. Finances are a part of any given church. I'm talking about your time, your talents, and your treasures. So here's the thing. We don't preach about money in our church. I preach this message, though, once a year, and it touches on your time, your talents, and your treasures. When you are generous as a believer, God pours out blessing upon you. See, I'm not one of these people, or we we don't believe here that I want you to support a ministry here so I can buy a, a, a first class plane so I can fly around and do ministry work in. Amen? Yeah. How many know what I'm talking about there, right? We're not going to do that here. What we collect here, and we're having a business meeting this coming Tuesday, we lay it all out there for you. You got questions, where does money go? It's right there in black and white for everybody to see. That's how ministry is to be done. Accountable, integrity, and everything's laid out. So uh, uh, the point here is, though, that each of us need to give of our time, our talents, and our treasures. Can I say, can I hear an amen this morning? See, I'm thankful this morning for my church family. For my family, for for the health I have today, for the health my daughter has, all my daughters, for everything he's given us and is going to continue to do in our lives. Amen? I'm thankful for that. Do you, like, like I do when in the morning when I get up, first get out of bed and say, thank you, Lord, for another day. Do you say that? Or do you just jump out of bed and just take it for granted that you're going to have another great day, that you're even going to pop out of bed? Right. You know? Don't do that. Don't take it for granted. Be grateful. Stop and pause and say, Lord, I thank you right now that I'm able to get out of a nice, warm bed and go to a job that possibly might pay me, you know. Um, whatever it is, thank God for that. If you're retired here today, some of you retired, thank God for that. Amen. Maybe one of these days I'll get there, but in the meantime, I can be jealous of you all, okay? That's a great place to be. So be thankful for what God has given you. Amen. Yes. Not only that, but today I want to share with you that this message, it's all about your heart. It's a heart condition. Everybody say, it's a heart condition. It's a heart condition. 
It's all about your heart. And I want you to turn right now, if you have your Bibles, to the book of Luke in the New Testament. Dr. Luke chapter 6, verses 37 and 38. And why don't we all stand for the reading of the word this morning? Luke chapter 6, verses 37 through 38. When you have it, say amen. 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 Luke, and, and if you don't have it, it's on your outline, so you can cheat. I, I make it really easy for you to find the Word. I don't want you to struggle finding the Word. So it's on the outline. Let's read from, uh, let me read from Luke. It says, Do not judge, and you will not be judged. In verse 37, Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Yes. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Lord, we just pray right now, Father, that uh, you would open our hearts and our eyes to your word this morning. I pray your blessing upon each and every individual here that their hearts would be open to receive your word. I pray that you would give me boldness and declare your word this morning with all truth, Father. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Amen. Amen. How many know that this scripture says that if you judge, you're going to get judged back, right? If you give judgment, you will get judgment back. If you give forgiveness, you're going to get forgiveness back. Ever been on the other side of that? If you have an unforgiving spirit, you're also going to have that thrown back at you, an unforgiving spirit. But this is all about the heart. That's what I want to relate to you this morning. It's about your heart this morning. The problem with a lot of teaching nowadays is they get this scripture here all twisted. And this is what I want to share with you here. It doesn't say, for example, it it says the word of God says in verse 38, Give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use it will be measured to you. But here's where they twist it. They twist it by saying, give to get. Have you ever heard a preacher say, you know, if you bless this ministry now with your donation of 10,000 or whatever, God will pour and will give you something back. Well, that's not what we necessarily believe here. What the Word of God says is, give to give. Period. And in turn, the blessed life says that, yes, you you can receive a blessing, you will receive a blessing, but your initial initial reaction, your initial um, um, giving shouldn't be to get something. It shouldn't be to obtain something. You don't put uh, uh, an offering in that basket because, okay, um, I'm going to get now tenfold of what I gave in, in finances. You know, God can't do that. I'm not saying He won't or He can't, but that shouldn't be our initial response to giving. Our giving should be coming out of our heart because I want to give. The Bible says to be a cheerful giver. We have, we have some people here in our church that when they give, they give in their envelopes and they'll put on their given with cheer or a cheerful giver and, and so forth. Little notes like that. Those always make my day because I know their heart is right exactly where it should be. You know, there's nothing worse than putting some money in the offering plate and going, Man, 
I could have used it. I could have had a nice lunch at Olive Garden today. What was I thinking? Those breadsticks are amazing. You know, there's nothing worse. Keep the money. God don't want your money. He don't need it that bad. You know, how many times have you heard a preacher say that? Keep the money, right? But that's the truth. If you're going to give it, give it with your heart. That, I learned that secret, and it's, it's really not a secret. This, it's plainly taught in God's Word. Give with your heart. Be a cheerful giver, and it starts with your heart condition. Amen. Amen. God doesn't just bless giving. He blesses giving with the right heart. He blesses giving with the right heart. Amen. Amen. If you're selfish or, or greedy this morning, God's not going to bless it. No matter if you put $10,000 in that offering this morning, He's not going to bless it if you have a selfish or greedy heart. I don't care what church you go to, it doesn't matter the donation, the size, if you have a greedy or selfish heart, He's not going to bless it. He's telling you He wants you to have a generous and grateful heart. Amen. I want to share a scripture here in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy chapter 15, verses 7 through 11. Deuteronomy chapter 15. If you have that, if you could turn there. Deuteronomy chapter 15, and verses 7 through 11. I don't think I have that on the, out, on the uh, PowerPoint this morning. But starting in verse 7, the Lord spoke to Moses here. And here's the word of the Lord here. At the, at, starting in verse 7, If anyone is poor among your fellow Israelites in any of the towns of the land, and the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Rather, be open-handed and freely lend them whatever they need. Be careful not to harbor this wicked thought. The seventh year, the year for canceling debts is near, so that you do not show ill will. Amen? Amen. And ill will toward the needy among your fellow Israelites, and give them nothing. They may then appeal to the Lord against you, and you will be found guilty of sin. Give generously to them, and do so without a grudging heart. Everybody say, without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you do and put your hand to. There will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed toward your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in your land. And if you skip down to verse 15, it says, Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you. That is why I give you this command today. Essentially, the Lord is reminding us, what has He brought you out of? Has He brought you out of anything here today? Raise your hand if He's delivered you, brought you out of situations, put you on the path of righteousness. Now, it doesn't make you perfect. Like me, I'm not perfect. None of us here are perfect. But God has a plan and a purpose for you. He can use you right where you're at. It doesn't matter where you're at. My friend that's out on the streets right now, God can use him. We, we minister, we give clothes to the homeless here in our communities, and we, and we try to do as much as we possibly can here. And each of us need to be that way with that grateful heart in giving. Amen? But we need to remember, what did God do for us? He saved us from much. You know, your, your worship, your praise, 
the, the amount of worship and praise you give is really tantamount to how much, how big your God was when He saved you. What did He deliver you from? If He delivered you of much, your praise needs to be up here. Your worship needs to be exclaiming praises to Him. Because many of us have, have walked down paths where we've struggled. Many of us have, have, have had to face issues, you know, addictions and such, that God has delivered us from and brought us to a place where we can rejoice. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. I want to give you four points here to help you with a heart, a generous heart. And the first point is, number one, how do I deal with a selfish heart? How do I deal with a selfish heart? Because that's one of the things that comes most natural to every single one of us. Every single one of us. Okay, I'm going to challenge the men here. I want to ask you this one thing, because I think you'll all agree with me. If you're married here, or if you've ever taken you know, your girlfriend or your spouse, and you're in the drive-thru, right? You're in the drive-thru, and you're, you're about to order, and you look over, and you say, Okay, honey, what do you want? And they tell you, Oh, I don't want anything. I don't want it. I'm good. I'll just sh- I'll just grab some of your fries. Uh, no, you won't. I-, I want my fries. I want my extra large. I want my go big, whatever. What do you want? I'll get you whatever you want. It only costs five bucks, six bucks. No, that's all right. I'll, I'll sh- Man, right? I'm not the only one, right? Does that happen to you guys too? Because there's nothing wrong with 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 sharing, but when we go to the drive-through it's like well i want all those fries i want all that big mac or whatever it is you don't want to share i'll get you whatever you want but the point i'm trying to make is we're all selfish you know it doesn't cost nothing to, here you go here's some fries but but at the core we all want to eat every single one of those fries because they're good especially at chick-fil-a i love their waffle fries but they're closed today because they're a godly business all right so how do I deal with a selfish heart? Again, the first word that we learned when we were children, one of the first words is mine, mine, mine. So it's an uphill battle from that point. We're trying to teach our children, trying to teach them to be givers, to be grateful, and so forth. And some, unfortunately, some men never grow out of this area. It's just selfishness, right? Yes. Women, do I get an amen from some of you? Whoa, that was a little loud. <laughs> exactly, slow your roll there. <laughs> You know, just because we don't want to share our food doesn't make us selfish, all right? You may have caught us at a bad moment. But uh, we need to examine ourselves, our core. When, we're, when we leave from here today, there, I guarantee you, if you're married here today, or even family members, there will be an occasion where selfishness will rise up. And you can either let it come out, or you can just step on it and say, ah, I don't need to be that way. I need to be generous. I need to be grateful. Here you go, honey. You can have all my fries. Because you already ordered the second one. All right. <laughs> Deal with the selfish heart, because at the core, that's what's going to come out of you. Deal with it. You have to deal with it. If you don't deal with it, it's going to continue. How many know the old expression, if you keep uh, doing the same thing over and over again and expect different results, what's that? Insanity. Exactly. So if you don't change it up, you're going to continue to get the same results over and over. Point number two is dealing with a grieving heart. Dealing with a grieving heart. Verse 10 of the chapter we just read um, says this in Luke. It says this, um, actually not in Luke, in Deuteronomy, I'm sorry. It says this, Give generously to them, 
and do so without a grudging heart, and the Lord will bless you in all you do and in all you put your hand to. Let me say that again. Give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart, and the Lord will bless you in all you do. I'll never forget the time in church. Many years ago, I'm a new believer. I wasn't raised in church, okay, for those of you that don't know me. I wasn't raised in church. I was in my 20s, mid-20s. I came to church, and there was this one family I met, and they were down and out, and I came and visited their house, and uh, they had a family, kids, and they had a gallon of milk in their refrigerator. That was it. And I said, let me, let me take you to the store, bottom groceries. And then I said, what do you need? How can I help you? Because I knew the guy was working, so I felt comfortable that I was going to get my money back, right? Everybody say amen. <laughs> and so then I said, uh, let me help you out. And I, and I sincerely meant it. And I lent them some money. I lent them for me at that time and any time. It was a great sum. I lent them $1,000 at that time. For me, it was a lot of money. And he said, I'll pay you back in three months. I said, no problem. Pay me back in three months, no problem. So the first month went by and, and I would see him at church. And he paid me, you know, a down payment. And I'm saying, okay, great, you know. And then the second month came and I saw my brother in the church. And, you know, he didn't make eye contact with me this time. And he was like way over there when I was on this side. And if I went over there, he'd walk over here because he didn't want to talk to me. And so I said, okay, no, no worries. He's down on his luck right now. And then the third month came. And then the fourth month came. And then the fifth month. And guess what's happening to me? I'm going like, oh man, I never should have loaned that guy $1,000. Anybody ever been there where you've done something like that? And the selfishness in us rises up. We're trying to help somebody and here they go and they're ignoring us. And it wasn't like I was knocking on his door or going, where's my money? I knew he'd eventually pay me back, right? But after about five months, six months of nothing, I just went up to him because it was bugging me. And I gave it begrudgingly. I didn't say, here you go. I, I wasn't generous with it. So I said, look, you paid me a hundred bucks. Um, consider the rest canceled. You don't need to pay me. Just, just keep it. Just let it be a blessing to you. And he was like, really? And so he kept it. And what God did, he didn't, God didn't do that for him. He did that for me. Because see, I was beginning to get selfish and say, well, I'm never going to do that for anybody. I'm going to have an ungrateful heart. And God said, no, you can't be stuck in that place. So God was really working on me and said, you need to go tell them that was a gift and bless them. And the minute I did that, it was like, I never had a problem with that anymore. I would see that guy. Oh, there goes that guy that got blessed. That's, that was my attitude. Before it was, there goes my 900 bucks. Where's he at? Come over here. Talk to me. Right? I know some people here have been there. Yeah. You've all been there. Yeah. It may have been for more, greater amounts than that. But the point here is, when you give, whether it's to a friend, a family member, to church, whatever, you give out of the gratefulness of your heart. Yes. Give begrudgingly. Don't, don't hold back and say, man, it hurts me to give this to you. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. You know, one of the illustrations I use, and and uh, I didn't set it up this morning, but I just want to share it with you this morning, was that uh, I typically have a, a time right now where I say, you know, I have a... Um, a need at the house, you know, with one of my vehicles, and I don't have the money, and I set it up that way, right? This is just a, uh, an example. And then I have my brother come up, and uh, he just pops me a $100 bill. And 
he gives that to me. I go, oh, wow, is this for me? And, uh, and I say, thank you. How many remember that I, uh, example I've used in the past? Well, uh, excuse me for not using it this morning, but I'll just explain the whole purpose of that. Is He gives me this $100 bill to take care of this need I have. And unbeknownst to you is that before the service, I gave him that $100 bill. So it looks like he's giving it to me out of his goodness of his heart. Now, the point of that is, why is he giving it to me so easily? Because it wasn't his to begin with. It was mine. The point is, that money was mine. In the same sense, everything that you own, your wallet, your purse that you have right here today, it's not yours. Whose is it? It's Almighty God's. It's His to begin with. That's the whole point of that message. And if we could just learn to comprehend that and understand that, because we we can get so caught up in, oh, that's my beautiful uh, whatever, purse, material, possession, my boat, my car, my Lincoln, my Bentley, whatever. It doesn't matter. And you can fail to recognize that Almighty God gave that to you. All you are is just a manager, a steward of that while you're here. Amen? Amen. Good you know, it's it's very it's a very simple concept that homeless people understand. My my friend Joe out there on the street, he understands that. He's grateful for what he does have. When I talk to him, he's grateful for what he does have. But many of us that have possessions forget that. We we fail to recognize that, and that's a great sin. That my brother who has nothing really can be satisfied with what he has and us that have many things can be so ungrateful for what we do have. Amen? Amen. So, so don't forget what you have right now and whether that may be a bank account, a 401k, a retirement plan, it's not yours to begin with. It's God's. It's God's. Everybody say, it's God's. It's God's. Amen. Amen. Selfishness can even attack us before we give. And then greed attacks us after we give. You know, I, I've been there where anybody here ever give like sacrificially where you give. That's above and beyond typically. And, and you give a sum and then you're going like, man, oh man, I, I shouldn't do this. You know, because I could have a great lunch at Olive Garden. You know, breadsticks are amazing. And then you give it. And then afterwards, the greed sets in. Man, I knew I shouldn't have given it because now my car just broke down. Now I really need it. And if you give it like that, with that tone, God can never, ever bless that. See, the, the thing is, it's not on the amount you give. It's what is coming out of your heart as you give that. Amen. See, there's a story in the New Testament about a widow that give, gave two coins versus all this money that this, these wealthy people were giving. And Jesus said, as he was watching that, he said, that widow gave much more than these other wealthy people because she gave from her heart heart. She gave from her heart. That is the lesson I want to share with you today. Give from your heart of your not just finances, of your time, your talents, your treasures. Every one of you here today have talents. Every one of you here are gifted in certain areas. I have no gifts when it comes to music. I have no gifts and I'll be the first to admit it to you. But I, I can speak and I can share the Word of God with you and teach you foundational principles on the Word of God. And some of you have amazing gifts, artistically, um, musically, all sorts of wonderful gifts. You need to begin to use them generously. Amen? Amen, amen. amen. And here's the one thing that we need to understand. 
The devil doesn't want you to give to the kingdom of God because he knows every time you do, you're going to be blessed. You're going to begin to walk in his favor. Because the minute you understand that, that giving from your heart, it impacts the kingdom of God. It impacts them. And the devil will do everything to stop you. He will even attempt to put thoughts in your mind, if possible, to not give of your time, your talents, and your treasures. Well, somebody else can do that. Somebody else can step up and give. Somebody else can, you fill in the blank. That's the excuse the devil plant in your mind. God is counting on every one of us. We are the body of Christ. Every one of you are a vital member of our church here today. Amen? God can use each of you greatly. Amen. So, how do we develop a generous heart? Well, verse 14 in Deuteronomy tells us this, that the Bible tells us to give liberally, to give generously of what He has blessed us with. We need to learn to give more than just the need, but to give above and beyond. Above and beyond. See, what the Bible, I, I truly believe this, that at the end, when we are face to face with our Lord and Savior, and the Lord asks you, you know, how you spent your time on this earth, He's going to ask you these three things. He's going to, he's going to say, what did you do with your time, your talents, and your treasures that I gave you? Because every one of us here live in different economic um, spheres. Some of us may be well off, some of us be, may be just barely making it week to week. Some of us may not know how we're going to make it tomorrow. But every one of us, God has given you something. And He's going to ask you one day, what did you do with my Son, Jesus Christ? What did you do with the gift that I gave you? But also, what did you give or do with the time, the talents, and treasures I gave each of you? Each one of you are gifted. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm gifted. I didn't hear you. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm gifted. You are, whether you believe that or not. We, we, we spoke a few weeks back. The Lord describes you as His masterpiece. Did you know that? You are His masterpiece. You don't need Michelangelo to create something on some chapel. You are a masterpiece today, every one of you. God created you uniquely. There is not another Carlos in the world. There is not another Wayne in this world. There is not another Dan in this world. Amen? And aren't we thankful for that? (laughs) I wish there were more people like, like these three individuals. But my point is, each of you are uniquely created in the image of God. Amen? Develop a generous heart. So we need to learn how to give generously with what we have, with what we're blessed with. Again, I understand not everybody has the same giftings, talents, but give with what God has given you right now. Give with where you're at. Start there. If you've never given uh, financially or of your time, your talents, begin to give right where you're at. And test God in this. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that here uh, next week in regards to tithing, what that whole principle means and what that's all about. But this morning, I just really want to hit the heart. Are we grateful for what we have? Is it coming truly from your heart? Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, and this is in your outline, Matthew chapter 6, verses 21. Just verse 21, one verse says the following, and many of you have heard this verse before. It says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what that means is, 
is if it's if you're a greedy, selfish person and you, you have say you know I like a, I like muscle cars, okay? I really do like muscle cars, and if I could have a, a nice '70 Boss 302 Mustang or you know a Chevelle, any of those cars from back in the late '60s, early '70s, how many with me? Right, muscle cars, right? Oh, I, I, I mean, I would I'd be shining that thing every day. I mean, but what what I need to be careful with is I could set that up as my idol, right? That could become my idol real quick. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to have a car like that, but if we're not careful, we can let it become an idol that controls us and all our treasure is in that car. Or it could be a home. It could be whatever. You may fill in the blank. Be careful with that, church. Be careful with that. God does want to bless you, but He doesn't want to make that an idol in your life. Because you know what? Here's the other truth I know, is that God will take that idol from you. God will rip it away from you to put you back on the right path. Amen? See, that's why many of us here that are nearing or close to retirement, maybe those that are retiring already, we look at our 401k, we check it out every month, right, or, and watch it slowly dwindling, and, you know, like a month ago or whenever when it was just struggling, because we have our treasure there, and, and uh, that's not, you know, what I'm going to live on, I live off of God's, the faith that He has given me, yeah. but that's part of what I invest in, so I look in that, my heart is in that, but it shouldn't be where that's an idol, where I trust in that, just like they say about Social Security, right? Social Security may not be here in 10 years, 20 years, whatever they might, that might be. So we can't put our trust in that. If we set ourselves up for that, we may be in for a rude awakening one day. you got to put your trust in God and set yourself up that God will take care of you. Amen? Amen. My, my heart is there because my treasure is there. So where is your heart this morning? Is your heart invested in the things of God, in the things of eternity? Are you, when you make decisions, are you basing them on the things of eternity? Have you ever even thought about that, number one? Let it come from your heart, those choices, those decisions you make. See, it's very simple. If you want your heart to be in the kingdom of God... You got to put your treasure there with your time, your talents, and your treasures. You, you may say, Yeah, my heart's not there, Pastor Rick. My heart's never been in church. Well, then start putting your time, your talents, and treasures, and I guarantee you, your heart will be there because it will follow, it will chase wherever your treasure's at. It will. And I promise you, God can use you. Amen. Amen. Invest into the things of eternity today. Begin to do that. The more you treasure, or the more treasure you put into something, the more you put your heart into it. Amen? You want a better marriage this morning? Yeah. You want a better relationship? Maybe you're, you, want a, you want a better relationship with your kids, with your job? You want a better job? You want to know how to function better in life? Then put your treasure into it, and your heart will follow you know, we just had a Valentine's celebration. We had a sweetheart dinner at our house. We had a great time with couples. and um, But it's amazing, though, if we're not careful as, as husband and wife, we can neglect each other during the year, right? It's, it's something that happens to every couple if you're not careful. You can neglect them and, oh, yeah, it's Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah, it's their birthday. I better invest into them. Hey, how about the other days of the year? How about on a Wednesday in the middle of November or in the middle of June when it's nobody's birthday, when it's not Valentine's Day? My point is, invest in them. 
and your marriage will become better. That's what the scripture is saying. Give them of your heart. Give your heart and your treasure will follow and, and you'll invest into those things. It'll better your relationship. My relationship with my wife is, is amazing. I think it's because we work at it. We work at it, number one. And I'll tell you that anybody that comes over to my house, you'll see we're the same here as we are at home 24-7. Uh, we're the same all, all year round. And it's because we generously give to each other and we generously give to God. And that's a principle that's ingrained in our family. And the great thing about that is my youngest, my daughters see that. They see that when you give, you're blessed. And, and I can't close without saying this, that uh, many of you know that we, we purchased a house here in Vallejo here last year, right? And, uh, and we had for a couple of years, we created a, a line item, a list of things that we needed that we wanted, right? God wants to give you the desires of your heart. Do you know that as believers? He wants to give you the desires of your heart. And we listed on there all the items we wanted. We wanted a, a four-bedroom house because I wanted a study, a home office. I wanted an RV access so I could park the church trailer that you see out here. We park it at our, at our home. I wanted a open airway uh, flowing kitchen, uh, granite countertops. We got that. We got, uh, what else? did we pray for? We, we prayed for a new kitchen, a modern kitchen. And every single one of those items that we asked for, God gave us. God gave us every single one of those items. That is because, as I pointed out at the beginning, wherever we walk, God is pouring His blessing, His favor on us. As long as we continue to walk in obedience to Him. In obedience to Him. Now, does that mean we don't struggle with certain things? No, that's not reality. Reality is, when I struggle or go through something, God walks with me. Right. As those songs that we played this morning, God walks before us. He walks with us. And He blesses us through that whole process. It's just been amazing, amazing. And I'm going to bring up next week, I would like to have a couple of people in mind to give some testimonies on what this giving of our time, talents, and treasures means to them so that you can hear them for yourself on what this means. Amen? So in closing this morning, we need to develop a grateful heart. Do you remember this morning where the Lord brought you from? What He saved you from? Where He took you out of? Where He's now placed you? You're here today on church on Sunday morning, but how many of you can think back a few years back, maybe a few months, maybe a few weeks, where were you then? Where were you then on a Sunday morning? But here today, you're in the house of God. Amen. Amen. By the grace of God, we're here today. Amen? Amen. Do I recognize that everything comes from God this morning? Yes. That is how you can develop a grateful heart. Yes. Recognizing that it's, it's not yours. And I'll close with this last story. I had this friend of mine. I commented to him one time. He pulls up in his truck with his beautiful boat. Fishing boat. Beautiful big boat. Not a little aluminum little thing, but a big boat. This is an ocean-worthy boat. I said, man, that's a beautiful boat, because I'm over here going like, I want to go fishing with you. So, he goes, yeah, I worked hard for that, man. God, you know, uh, he didn't mention God, but he said, I worked hard for that, and it was an expensive boat, and I said, man, that's a great boat. You know, you must be grateful that God blessed you. And he stopped and paused and looked at me and said, well, no, I, I, I worked hard for it. And I said, yeah, I know you did, but God blessed you with that. He goes, well, no, you don't, you don't get it. I, I really worked hard for that boat. I said, no, no, time out. You don't get it. God blessed you with that boat. We were going back and forth. 
and the, the point here is that he wasn't understanding at that moment that all things come from God. God gave him the job to be able to buy that boat. God gave him the physical ability to work to be able to buy that boat. But he wasn't getting that. Don't let that be you today. Don't walk out of here thinking, I got this, I'm good at my job, or I can make some money, and I can do this, and I can do that. No. God gave you that ability. It comes from your Heavenly Father. And He wants to bless you. He wants to pour favor into your life. This is called the blessed life. How many want to walk in the blessed life today? Amen. Amen, amen. Now here... Before we close, remember that we were once slaves to sin and the Lord has redeemed us. He also commanded us to be generous. Don't be tight-fisted as the Lord said or the scripture said there. If you see a need, fill that need. Like I've tried to reach out to my friend Joe. You know, at some point, people don't want the help. But you help them when you can. You help them. You give them what they, what they need. But don't be tight-fisted. If you see that homeless person, help them out. You know, give them a meal at the very least. Give them a meal. Give them toiletries. They they definitely need that. Uh, There's different ways that you can be a generous helper here today, a grateful person today. Don't just be saying, oh, they don't deserve it, and on and on and on. None of us deserve anything. None of us do. God really wants us to lead a blessed life this morning so that we can be a blessing to others around us. See, He doesn't want to pour blessing just so that you can be blessed. He wants you to be a blessing to others. God gave us that house, not for my family to be blessed. We opened that house up, and many of you have been there dozens of times. Been there every Wednesday. We've opened up our house for many occasions. That's what we prayed for, for a spiritual home where we can have services, we can have all kinds of fellowship, and we're using it for that method. Amen? Amen. To God be the glory. Amen. Use your time, your talents, and treasures, church. Use your time, talents, and treasures, every one of you. And I want to give you a homework assignment this morning before you're dismissed this morning. Here it is. This week, go out, find a need. Find a need. Bless that person or situation with a generous heart of giving. Yes. And you're going to say, well, I don't know what that need could be. Well, tell you what. All you got to do is ask God like this. Lord, show me a need. And I promise you, the Lord will show you a need. How many know that this morning? Amen. I want you to be blessed this morning. Begin to walk in His favor. Begin to use your time, your talents, and your treasures. God is just wanting to pour blessing into your life. He doesn't want to see you struggling. He doesn't want to see you going through the same thing week after week, month after month, year after year. He wants you to rise above that, and He wants you to live the blessed life.